we heard one of those young ladies talking about wanting to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And last week, some of you may have heard Caitlin give her testimony when she was uh, at Celebration Northeast a couple of weeks ago, how she was baptized with water, in water, and she was also baptized uh, in the Holy Spirit. And there may be some people here wondering, well, I understand baptism in water, but what's baptism uh, in the Spirit? Uh, So I just want us to focus on that for our remaining uh, time here. Uh, but Alka, I mean, you've been, you've, you grew up in the Netherlands. Yep. Uh, you've no doubt been to many New Frontiers conferences uh, like this. What was your experience of that? What did that, what did that mean to you being baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit? Um, so as a young child, we used to go to this big uh, conference, Stonely Bible Week. Um, and um, as, a, as a child... Um, I saw people being filled with the Spirit, and I want to be filled with the Spirit. And I saw people fall to the ground, and I thought, oh, I guess you have to fall to the ground. So that's what I thought being filled with the Spirit was. But um, um, at some point, when I was probably 15 or 16, um, I went to a conference uh, in the Netherlands where all the churches of the Netherlands um, kind of got to. It's kind of like a celebration that we, uh, we had uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And... Um, one of the things um, that happened was where um, there was a, was a guy who preached, and um, he, he asked if people wanted to give their life to Jesus, want to uh, be filled with the Spirit, and um, um, it was really, really good. He's a, he's a prophet, and um, at some point, he, he came by, and he had a word, and as he spoke that word, I, I just was so overwhelmed uh, with with the Holy Spirit, um, and that I couldn't stand on my feet. So I had to uh, kneel down or fall down because I was so overwhelmed by what God was going to do on my life, in my life, and um, that he wanted to confirm that by filling me with the Spirit. How old were you then? I was 16, 15, 16. And have there been uh, any kind of subsequent times like that? Oh, there's been many, yeah. Um, there's been many... Uh, <laughs> um, it's, uh, I think, during prayer meetings or even when I'm by myself and ask the Spirit to come. And uh, there's been times where I've been, just been overwhelmed by His presence and I, I just want to praise Him. It just comes like a waterfall. Mm. It's like a well that just gets tapped and the Holy Spirit comes in and just wants me to praise Him. Yeah. Mm. Um, Thank you. What about you, Elena? Uh, do you know anything about this? Uh, yeah, so when I grew up in the Midwest. And um, when I was 13, I went to the, um, the old version of New Day, or at least the U.S. version. It was called One Blaze. And um, so I went for the first time, and it was the first time I'd been around a bunch of youth um, who were praising Jesus in this way that I was like, it, it was incredible. They, they were all standing at the front, just jumping up and down, raising their hands, and just being filled by the Spirit. And I saw that, and I'd, I'd never seen it before. And... God just put this desire in my heart where I was like, I want that. Like, I want to know God like they know him. Um, and so I, I didn't even get prayed for. I was just like, okay, Jesus, I'm here. And just he, the Holy Spirit came, and I started speaking in tongues and was just filled with this joy that I had never felt before. And it lasted like the entire week of New Day where I was just full of joy and, and when I think back, it's like I, I was so satisfied in God. It was 
more than anything else in life can can satisfy. That's great, isn't it? Joy and satisfied in God. It's beautiful. Well, thank you. Let's give them a round of applause, shall we? This isn't just a youth thing. Um, in fact, we're here from a, an older generation uh, in a second. But I think it's important we just maybe uh, root this, first of all, in the Bible. Okay, It's important that we're not just going on people's experiences, but what does the Bible have to say about this? So let's just read from Acts chapter 1 uh, to start with. Um, this is Acts 1 verse 4 where it says that, this is after the resurrection. And it says, and while Jesus... Uh, was staying with his disciples, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So what is this? Uh, Baptism. The, The word baptize, the Greek word baptizo means Literally, it means immerse or submerge or overwhelm. And, uh, of course, we understand that in baptism in water because we immerse people uh, in water, in water baptism. But here Jesus is talking about a different kind of baptism where someone might be immersed, submerged, or overwhelmed with the Spirit. And, in fact, you heard Alka just mention there how he just felt overwhelmed. He He just fell to his knees. Uh, under the presence of God. And that seems to be what Jesus um, is talking about here. Uh, But what is it for? Well, it goes on to say there, Jesus says to them, uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He said there, he's saying that the Holy Spirit is going to come on you and you're going to be empowered uh, to serve the purposes of God. This is essentially what he's saying. Now, this was not new. Okay, this is not new. We, saw, we see it in the Old Testament. We see the Holy Spirit coming upon people, uh, particular individuals for a particular purpose. And so we see, for example, the Holy Spirit coming upon and filling uh, leaders such as Gideon uh, in the Old Testament and anointing him to lead God's people into victory over their enemies. But we also see the Holy Spirit coming upon craftsmen, uh, those who uh, designed furnishings for the tabernacle. It says that the Holy Spirit came upon a couple of them and anointed them to create beautiful artwork. I love that. Right, that part of God's purpose is in the arts. Um, we also see the Holy Spirit uh, coming upon prophets, enabling them to speak God's word. So this was not new. But what was new was what one of the prophets called Joel prophesied when he said that a time is coming when God was going to pour out his spirit on all of his children. So not just a few particular individuals, but all of God's people were going to be anointed um, in this kind of way. And uh, that was the promise that we saw Jesus was referring to there when he said uh, the promise of the Father that you're going to receive not many days from now, he said. 
And of course, those first disciples he was speaking to, they received the Holy Spirit. The Spirit came upon them after Jesus ascended to heaven. It was on the day of Pentecost. Let's just read what it says in Acts chapter 2. And verse 2, it says, Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And then it says, They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Um, I guess it's a bit like a sponge is the one way we could see it. There are many ways you could look at this, but imagine a sponge. You immerse a sponge in water, right? You baptize it by immersing it in water. And what happens? It gets filled with water. And then it can't contain that water, but it has to then overflow. And that is essentially what happened there on the day of Pentecost. They're in this room, and suddenly they are immersed in God's presence as his presence fills that room. And all of them, it says, were filled then with the Holy Spirit. And they couldn't contain it. They came out of their mouths, praise to God in the way that Alka was just describing, except it was supernatural um, ability to praise him in languages that they'd never learned. And so we read on there that they were all declaring the wonders of God. And we see that uh, again and again through the book of Acts. That as people were filled with the Holy Spirit, there was an overflow. Out of their mouths came praise, uh, prophecy, and so on to God, declaring his greatness, declaring his wonders. They couldn't keep it to themselves. There was an overflow uh, from their lives. So what does this mean for us? See, some have taught that since the Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, that since then... Uh, everyone who has come to believe in Jesus automatically receives the Spirit at conversion. The problem with that is that's not what we see when we read through the book of Acts. Because what we see is that there were individuals as well as groups of people who were filled with the Holy Spirit and oftentimes after their conversion, even after they were baptized in water, where they were filled uh, with the Holy Spirit, and even the same group, in fact, who were uh, filled on the day of Pentecost, uh, being filled again in Acts chapter 4 at a prayer meeting. So, how do we account for this? Uh, don't we all have the Holy Spirit in us? Doesn't every one of us have the Spirit who's come to believe in Jesus? Well, the New Testament would suggest that we do. In fact, Jesus says that we have to be born of the Spirit uh, in order to enter his kingdom. Right? Every single believer in Jesus has the Holy Spirit within them because it's the Spirit who gives us life in him, who makes us spiritually alive to God. It's the Spirit who does that in us. But you see, that's not the only thing that he does. Because the Spirit is not just a life-giving force I think we heard just there that how it was emphasized that he's a person. The Holy Spirit is the very person of God. Um, and, and he does different works in our lives, including filling us with the tangible presence of God. And it's something that we can experience over and over again 
in varying degrees, perhaps, but it's something that empowers us and empowers the gifts that he gives us to serve his purposes. Um, so I'd like to hear a little bit more about that from maybe one of our uh, older generation and uh, their experience of that. Can we give a warm welcome to Stephen Dale Bowden, please? So, guys, um, you've been around for a little while. And, um, you know, my understanding is that, uh, you know, you guys know what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but there was a time, uh, maybe for some time before that, where you were Christians. Um, I'd just love to know, and I'm sure others would love to know, what happened um, way back when, uh, when you were filled with the Holy Spirit? What was, what was your experience of that before and after? Would you like to just speak to that? Um, sure. <laughs> My dad was a uh, pastor, evangelical pastor, and we were not, um, we kind of took it that the gifts had ceased, you know, and um, dad became a little more open later in life when the Jesus people movement hit, and he had some members of the congregation that got involved with that and stuff, so he got, he got a little more open, but I wasn't, I was brought up with just the evangelical view of being born again and and knowing Jesus. And I really knew Jesus as a young kid at 10 when I was um, saved from a life of sin. <laughs> Honestly, though, I felt like the worst sinner in the world. I had such a radical experience of Jesus in coming to salvation. I knew I had really been saved from from something and that God had put his hand on me. But trying to get more of the Spirit. I remember um, reading about, you know, um, Paul and the Apostle. Uh, Paul was um, saying, I think, 1 Corinthians 14, I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more so that you'd prophesy. So I used to pray as a kid for prophecy. I didn't have a clue what that was, but it was in the book. I read the book. Um, no one else in church was talking about that, but I, would, I prayed for that. I thought, well, if they said to do it, I'll, I'll do that. And so I, had, I was interested in things, but I also was heady. I had a good foundation. I went to Bible school. Um, I remember visiting. This is not, um, I'm not throwing any denomination under the bus or any, uh, you know, I don't want to do that. I have a great respect for them all. But I remember going to Assembly of God in college, and the, the talk then was tearing. You have to tarry you know, in order for the baptism of the Spirit. So come, brother, at the end of the service and tarry. And you'd, you'd wait around and wait around and wait around. You know, it was like an hour would go by of tarrying. I got, I got tired of tarrying. And um, I actually, I think they've backed off of that now. I, I think the assemblies has. But it used to be very popular to tarry, tarry, tarry. And so I got put off in knowing my personality and where I was coming from, to put me off, the devil had a good advantage because I was easily put off. And I was like Jesus only. I was just, just all about Jesus. So I would argue with different ones. And, and I remember arguing with a Pentecostal pastor friend and, and telling him how much we need Jesus. It's all about Jesus. The focus is Jesus. Am I wrong in that? Come on, guys. No, I wasn't wrong. It was right, but it was, well, there's more to the story, huh? 
There's more to the story. But then I get desperate. I remember uh, I took uh, Hampton Congregational Church, a liberal church. There wasn't one believer in there. And I went in as a pastor. I wanted to do that. God just opened up avenues for me. And so I was down there, and um, if ever you needed the Spirit, it would be there. <laughs> but I didn't have that, and I began to see my lack. So when I got um, kind of kicked out of there and all of that, I decided, well, there's not more education. I'd had a master's degree in divinity from Gordon-Conwell. Um, I, I said, you know, I can't catch men. I guess, you know, i I, I got to go fishing. It's not education I need at this point. It's um, practical. I'll learn how to catch fish and then work it that way. So I went commercial fishing. and It's just a life. I remember at seminary even talking to Gordon Fee, Dr. Fee. The, the authority, <laughs> right? I scheduled an appointment with Dr. Fee to find out about the Holy Spirit and how do you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And basically, this is what was going on. <laughs> I was getting a word or two inside. And I th- but I'm taking Greek and Hebrew, too. I mean, you can get really messed up. And, and, but I'm, I'm getting like a word or two inside that was non-English, you know, and I, I was just wondering. So I went to see him with this reference. When you get baptized in the Spirit, does it happen all at once? Is it like shabam, <laughs> you know, and all that? And basically what I got from him was, yes, it's life-changing, and it's, it's this feeling and it's, it's um, you know, just completely and sovereign, and, and your prayer language just goes. And Well, I left the meeting feeling really discouraged and really low. And I thought, oh, man, if he can't help me, what, who can? And so then I, when I, after Hampton and everything, um, a regional superintendent called me and said, um, we want you to go to Loudoun, New Hampshire. Am I taking too long? We're going to Loudoun, New Hampshire to supply preach. The pastor the week before had run off of the secretary. And so I was coming in to preach and to be the supply preacher. And the, the message God gave me was joy in the morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. It was a great message. It really was. I'm serious. I was, I was just, I mean, I'm just this young guy and everything else, but joy in the morning. And the Spirit of God was, was speaking. I was preaching. I was really like a Welch preacher, you can get caught up in it. You can get caught up in it. And I remember thinking, I want to speak out almost in non-English. And I said, this is crazy. You're in an evangelical congregational church in Loudoun, New Hampshire, and, and you're going to, you know. But I had the thought. That was progress for me. That was big progress. So eventually I got building lobster traps and and um, I was listening to a person that we were told not to listen to in seminary. And um, because he was, he was really bad. But I got listened to Papa Hagen, Dad Hagen, and uh, Rhema Bible, you know, and all that. But he was so kindly. He was so fatherly. And he, it was his little booklet and pamphlet I brought home, and it helped Dale and I reading that. He was just so practical that God uses your voice. Things that I never, you know, I'm waiting for the shabam. And uh, God uses you. You have to expel. You have to choose to speak in non-English. You have to just trust God and go for it. That was so helpful to me. 
Copenhagen and things. So I'm building lobster traps. And, and, but the other thing that really worried me, if there isn't something to worry about, I'll find it. The thing that worried about me is I knew couples where one had the baptism and they're speaking in tongues and the other partner didn't have it. And I thought, oh, that's got to be awful. I said, what if Dale gets it? <laughs> you know, it's something to consider when you don't have, you know, it's spare time. You've got to worry about things. So I thought that would just be awful. And then actually the way it ended up was that at home... I received. I, I just went through. I, I remember kneeling down in the back room. And I just, I just remember it so vividly. And I said, Lord, I'm committing my voice to you. I'm offering myself to you. And I remember I still had a lot of fear in me. I remember that fear. But then I began to speak in non-English. And the first words come, that came out were way back from seminary days when I had uh, first started. And it was like I had been so blocked up with all the religion and all, all of the stuff, you know, that you grow up with. It was like um, I wasn't like a sponge to begin with, Ian. I became spongy later. Actually, pretty quick. But I was like this thing that was just one little baby step at a time and one little thing. And so for a week, I would meet in my back bedroom, and I didn't tell Dale because I didn't want her to feel bad that I was getting it and she wasn't, you know. That really bothered me. And here's her reaction. Not giving you my reaction quite yet. (laughs) When he brought that booklet home, we sat down and read it together. And we're like, wow, okay, you know, step by step, this is cool. So, yes, with that fear, we discussed that. So I said, go for it. I'm not even going to try. Just just go. <laughs> and then uh, as life went on, one day I, we talked, and I went, You're, you speak in tongues now, don't you? You have the gift. And he just looked at me real sheepishly. <laughs> And I, and he goes, yes. And I went, wonderful. <laughs> now I'm free to receive. <laughs> I don't want to shout that in here. So, um, so I did. Right after that, I, I went into the shower. And when you have four young children, sometimes even the bathroom isn't a safe place, okay. especially if you don't have a lock on the door because you've taken the lock off because one of them had locked themselves in at one time. But I was left alone, and with the water just um, just pouring on me, I just, um, the next time I said, okay, Lord, next time I open my mouth, um, I'm not speaking English. And so, yes, that's how I received. Um, but to back up a bit, I grew up also, I grew up in a, a Christian home, and I uh, accepted Jesus as a, a young child and baptized at 11. And he was my best friend. And uh, the Holy Spirit, as I understood it, um, because I remember the sermons that I do remember were were God and Jesus filled, Um, but not a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. But I didn't really 
uh, think a whole lot about that. I, I heard he was a counselor. He was there um, like your conscience, you know, so good things, bad things, um, everyday decisions. That's how I had viewed um, the Holy Spirit as a person. Um, so it was just wonderful. Um, there have been so many times and so many ways that the Holy Spirit just infills you and empowers you at, at all the different times that that's needed. Um, being prepared at all times, not being anxious and fearful because God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, always there and always, um, he's just always there. There are a couple of times that were very strong. I, I love to pray for the nations. Um, I always have. I go to bed at night, and a lot of times um, I'll see the world as I go to sleep. And there were particular times when I would pray for missionaries and those that had become dear friends. And in English, it runs the gamut. After a while, uh, no matter what I'd pray for, and in tongues, I could just take off and keep going, and my mind would work, but I could speak, but I wouldn't have to think, now what in English am I going to say? And as I would, would, there was one particular time and this family was in Indonesia, and after English, I just didn't know what else, and I just continued with tongues. And I was taken into their home, which I had never seen. And I was taken into their son, who has special needs, into his bedroom and saw him sleeping there. And it was so very real. And I remember thinking, I'm in their house, and I know I am, but I've never seen it. It's, it and it's, it was just a different feeling. So when I contacted Chrissy, the mom, when she came back to the States, and we talked, and I said, back in February, I had, and this was years ago, and I told her my experience, and she broke down crying because she said, I remember a specific time. And she said, that is, that's just what our house looks like. That's just what Ian's bedroom looks like. It was just so powerful. So when the Lord gives you things like that, it just increases his love for you, your assurance in him, and the gifts that he has for us. And he just loves us so much. Um, there are, are, are many, many experiences. That's uh, Chrissy and Dave Rask with Mission Aviation Fellowship, by the way. It's quite wonderful, isn't it, that the Holy Spirit, or God the Holy Spirit, will give us a, a spiritual language, a language of the Spirit. That's really what we're talking about when it talks about the gift of tongues in the Bible, a language the Spirit gives us to praise him with, to pray to him with, when we really don't know how to pray or maybe uh, we run out of words to pray. And it would seem, um, I guess, to me, uh, why wouldn't God do that for his children, give us a special language to be able to communicate with him heart-to-heart, uh, spirit-to-spirit. Spirit. Not that we see that happening every time in the book of Acts. When people were filled with the Spirit, it doesn't say every time that people began speaking with this language of the Spirit. Some it says prophesied. I mean, there, but there was always some kind of overflow. Um, just briefly to close, I mean, what difference has that made to your lives uh, since you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, it's made all the difference. Um, it's kind of crazy um, what can happen. And you just don't know which way God will take you, but it 
does give you that release to be able to talk to him, and even though it's a language you don't know or languages you don't know, um, you can you just feel such a closeness to the Lord. So it's it opened up for me. It opened up the prophetic in my life too. I'd had the gift, but it actually, you know, caused it to really come forth. And um, the calling of God and all of that, it just it opens up a whole world to you. Um, I read this morning online something, Ian. Um, this person is writing, I have been experimenting. Every time I do a solo show, I want to push the boundaries. Seacoast uh, Online published an article on Emma Ashby, and it's out today. So they're quoting Emma here. I have been experimenting. From time, every time I do a solo show, I want to push the boundaries. I don't want everything to stay the same. And it makes it more interesting to me. And this shows in the work. People see that I'm moving forward. I would say that's the Holy Spirit. Right? He pushes the boundaries. He doesn't like it when we just stay the same. It makes it more interesting. <laughs> Boy, does it. And, uh, and people can see that you're moving forward. That's the life in the spirit, I think, that, that really encapsulates it. Yeah. Amen.